some things haven't On the 4th of November this year, Brendan Boyle won a seat in the US Congress. Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, good to meet you too. Brendan's father, Frank, is from Donegal, and that makes him the only congressman with an Irish-born parent. We're off to... Yeah, let's go. My, my car is uh, about five miles worth of gas left, so we will need... Okay. <laughs> The fact that he won got a lot of attention here. Oh, it would help if I remember my keys. Ah, usually. But how he got there is a story worth telling. Uh, I have always been interested in politics literally as early as I can remember. Um, Even in the first grade, uh, memorizing presidential election results. So I was always big into sports and and big into politics. Um, And, you know, as a kid, I thought that I would want to run for office one day and go into it. Um, How young? What's first grade? Uh, be about six. Yeah. So um, I was relatively normal despite this, besides that. That's the thing about Brendan Boyle. As US politicians go, he is very normal. He doesn't come from money. He grew up in a working class neighbourhood, loves football and baseball and is married with a young baby. He is hugely ambitious, though. He knows how far he can go. And there's a growing belief that he might just get there. Brendan's mother, Eileen, who passed away last year, has Sligo roots. His father, Frank, is from Glen Kill. Frank has become a central part of Brendan's campaign and a big hit with campaign staff. Uh, the best way to describe Frank is, or Francis, is a jolly old Irishman. He has the, the brogue, um, and he's just a nice, genuine person. He, when he knocks on doors, he genuinely cares. I'm out here for my son. Will you please consider him? Well, I help him door to door and stuff like that. Yeah. I was afraid to do that in the beginning because of my Irish accent. You know, I thought that might hurt them instead of help them. Turned out that it helped them, you know, more. He's like the epitome of the American dream. Came here, you know, at a young age with barely any money. Made it work. Struggled hard, both him and his wife. Um, And now both of their sons are in politics. They both went to Harvard. So it's really like the epitome of the dream that most immigrants come to America for. I just had the feeling that the Americans, you know, might say, oh, look, at who's that fellow from Ireland telling us who to vote or, you know, telling us what to do, you know? And I had that feeling, you know, and it turned out that nobody ever said that to me. And uh, it helped me to, you know, when I would say something, to good listen and took my advice. And, you know. Irish American, Catholic, East Coast, and ambitious. Parallels are already being made with the Kennedys. And Brendan's brother, Kevin, is in politics too. That's a help in a city like Philadelphia. Philadelphia is an old school American northern city. Uh, we have old uh, ways of doing things here, and it's a, it's, it's a campaigning here can be very tough and, and very vicious. And um, you know, election day is always interesting in the city of Philadelphia. And um, you know, we I think that our popularity and I think the reason why we've been able to do very well at the polls is I think that we represent um, change and we represent something new to the people here who I think um, have grown tired a lot of the, uh, the same old politics, um, the f- same old Philadelphia machine type politics. My grandfather would have been, you know, uh, a De Valera supporter and uh, would be of, you know, of the Fianna Fáil tradition. And, um, but uh, no one ever ran for office. And uh, I think like a lot of Irish families, politics was talked about in the home 
And uh, I know in my dad's upbringing, politics, Irish politics was always talked about in the home. And certainly we talked about politics growing up. But in terms of, of America, my dad was, or my, my mother were not running for office or very active. They were voters, but they were um, people that watched TV and gave commentary of their own, but they certainly were not um, political activists of any sort. That was Kevin. The brothers sound alike and look alike. Brendan is the oldest, though, so he was the first to go into politics. Uh, oh, my parents were so nervous about uh, running for office. Um, yeah, because they know that I had a, a nice, normal job. Um, and, and also Philadelphia politics, you know, isn't for the faint of heart. Um, so they were very nervous about it, uh, both, of, both of my parents. Um, but they also, I think, knew from a very early age that just how interested I was in it. Over here, we're well used to American presidents finding their Irish roots, no matter how far back they had to go, and using that connection. Reagan did it, Clinton did it, and of course, Obama. For Brendan Boyle, though, the connection is much more real. It's really hard to describe to put into words, but um, my Irish heritage is extremely important to me. It's an integral part of who I am. Um, you know, in, in the household when I was growing up, it was my mom and dad and my two grandparents, three of the four accents I was hearing growing up, were, were Irish. Um, not that I could tell they were Irish accents until I moved away to college. It was just the way, uh, you know, my dad and, and my grandparents spoke. Um, so it's, it's enormously important to me. It's a part of who I am. And there's no way that I could imagine myself um, without having that be such a, a big part of not only my background, but also, also my present. It's two days to go to Election Day and the Boyle for Congress campaign office is buzzing. Brendan's campaign team is made up mostly of young interns and volunteers. This is real grassroots stuff and everybody on the campaign has been working round the clock for weeks now, mostly because, as corny as it sounds, they believe in the cause. Okay, yeah, let, me, let me go back, I'm printing something Boyle's in two minutes. Let my name's Anne Matthew and I've been working on all of Brendan's campaigns <laughs> for, I guess, three years. Um... Most of us are volunteers just because we believe in the cause and Brendan. I originally wasn't interested in domestic politics at all. I was interested in international affairs. Um, but then I found Brendan and then I just stuck through it, I guess. And what's the, um, what was it about <coughs> Brendan? Um, I felt like he was more of a character than a politician. Like he had more of a, a voice and a vision instead of politics as usual. Okay, so, so he inspired you, obviously. Didn't yeah, he? him and everybody that works with him, we're like a big family. We all get along. We all believe in the cause. We always say we're living the dream. <laughs> so it's more of the whole conglomeration <laughs> and not just Brendan. Okay. So everyone together. So what's the dream? Boil for president. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> My name is Nick Heimball. I am a campaign volunteer. Um, I actually come from a campaign management background, so I've done campaigns professionally before, but I'm not getting paid for this one. Uh, doing it because I like Brendan a lot. I think he's the real deal. Uh, hard to say that, hard to find the real deal in Pennsylvania, but uh, you know, having worked now with numerous politicians throughout the state, it's hard to find someone who works as hard as Brendan, is as ethically and morally uh, of good character as Brendan, uh, and really says what he means and, and does what he means uh, and does what he says. You know, It's hard to find that in Pennsylvania or anywhere among politicians, so it's uh, very refreshing to work for somebody you can actually get behind and believe in and not just be, you know, mercenary. You do think he's he's got something special? No, absolutely. I mean, there's any number of politicians throughout the state uh, who I would work for for money, uh, but there's only one I'd work for for free, <laughs> uh, and I'm in his office right now, so. 
How far do you think he can go? I mean, I think I think the sky's the limit. I mean, I actually had this conversation once with someone else that you know, uh, in the United States, I'd say there's maybe 250 people who have the theoretical potential of possibly, in theory, being positioned to be a candidate for president someday. And I would count Brendan among those 250 people throughout the country. He's very special, very unique. Uh, there's almost no one who is as intelligent or hardworking as he is or has the kind of background and profile that he does. Well, I am, my name is Scott Heppard. I am Brendan's campaign manager. I think it's a combination of your background, uh, coming from a very working class background, not coming from you know, a background of any privilege, um, and, and sort of keeping your head on the ground as far as being a regular person. Because I think a lot of elected, even at the state level, quite frankly, and local elected officials, you know, sometimes they'll allow the title and, and sort of the privileges of office to, to go to their head. And Brendan has been has done an unbelievable job of never letting that be the case. He's still, you know, the same guy now that he was, you know, 10 years ago when he first ran for office, you know. Uh, he's the same guy that goes to Wawa every day and gets his, you know, forty-ounce diet coke and his whatever else. I mean, it's and it's a nice thing to see because, as I said, it's it's very easy to allow that to happen to yourself and to and you, I think you have to actively fight against that. And he does a fantastic job of doing it. But also, I mean, it's just being, for lack of a better word, just whip smart. I mean, Brendan is an incredibly smart guy. Um, you know, I mean, he can quote statistics and and recall information that sort of take. I, I like to think I have a good memory, but he throws me for a loop a lot of the time. And it's not just that, but, you know, engaging people and remembering names, talking to people. I mean, he'll knock on doorsteps, uh, people that he hasn't seen in six years and remember the name of their two kids, where they went to college, what their major was. And it's a sense of appreciation. I think people appreciate that attention to detail. People appreciate that sense of, of familiarity, and they appreciate that somebody takes the time to to remember that sort of thing about them. Uh, I hope Brandon has the patience to wait for me. Because I want to go with something that you... U.S. politics more and more is about pumping money into campaigns, but the Boyles campaign in the old-fashioned way, pounding the pavements and knocking on doors. I mean, it's exactly how I started out, running for the state legislature, uh, knocked on over 20,000 doors, uh, literally every door in, in the district. Um, so I, I think that very few people do it just because it's, it's time-consuming and, and it's hard. Um, but I always enjoy it, and, and most people, the overwhelming majority, really appreciate they took the time to visit personally. And she's a, she's a teacher, boy. Uh. Hi. 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 How are you? Just wanted to introduce myself, Brendan Boyle, okay, running nice for Congress. Yeah, Joe was uh, a very good supporter of mine. Oh, sorry. She's very friendly, though. saying we should stop by and, and say hello. So Great. Just a little information. Do you know, I think you know one of my customers, he was a Temple Law professor, um, David Travaskas. Dave Travaskas, yeah, yeah. He speaks very highly. Oh, yeah. That, so Dave Travaskas has actually known me since I was in high school. Okay. Because I, I participated I, in the mock trial program was. he was the head of. Okay. And um, Brendan yeah, is a moderate Democrat. His push is for the working man, for increasing the minimum wage, for making sure that ordinary Americans can afford to go to college. Local political reporter Bill Kenny has followed Brendan's career from the start. And then I'd seen him develop uh, from, you know, a very young man, you know, to this sort of middle 30s uh, type person. And he, he always had the talent and, you know, the, the, the skill to, um, to, to be a viable candidate. I mean, he's, he's a wonderful public speaker, um, whether it be, uh, you know, a small group or a large crowd. Um, his academic credentials uh, appear impeccable. Um, 
bachelor's degree, University of Notre Dame, master's degree in public policy from Harvard. Um, so those are beyond, those are equal to or superior than any other candidate. His thing was he didn't have the name recognition. The dream for a state rep like Brendan, the way to really make his way onto the national scene was to become a congressman. But the way US politics works is that you have to win the Democratic Party nomination first. The battle for that nomination became a big story in the US earlier this year. Why? Because it pitted Brendan and his Irish father against the Clinton political machine. Uh, the frontrunner going in was a woman named Marjorie Margolis, who uh, was previously uh, a congresswoman in that seat, Pennsylvania's 13th congressional district. And uh, her son happens to be uh, Chelsea Clinton's husband. So uh, her son is, you know, the Bill and Hillary Clinton's son-in-law. There was one of those, oh my goodness, moments when uh, about two weeks out of Election Day, woke up at 6 a.m., um, the TV news goes to commercial, and there's Bill Clinton in an ad for my opponent. That is followed by our TV ad, and my dad's right there on TV, um, and then I come on and for me, and I just said to my wife, I said, did I really just see Bill Clinton and then my dad on a, on a TV ad back to back? And there, that was one of those moments where I took a step back and realized just what was going on and, and how special it was. My brother and I had very uh, long conversations about this going back two years ago. When we first got an inkling that the incumbent Democratic congresswoman might give up her seat in order to run for governor, um, there were many people interested. I think over 20 at, at one point were rumored to be looking at it. And probably about a dozen seriously considered it. First six ended up running. We were realistic. I remember Kevin and I both saying we think we have about a 40% chance of, of winning. Um, two and five is worth going for it. I was by far not the favorite to, to start out. Um, there were certainly a, a lot of folks who dismissed us. And realistically, especially once former Congresswoman Margolis Mazvinsky uh, made clear she was going to run, she was pretty clearly the favorite. Um, but we saw a clear path that if things broke right and we did the work we needed to do and that we could control, that we could win this. That if you send Marjorie to Congress, she'll make you proud, she'll vote right. I'm not coming here saying vote for her because 20 years ago she saved the economy. She'll take initiatives, she'll do things that stand up when she needs to stand up and that cooperates when we need cooperation. And I think America will be a better place and this district will be well served if you elect her. I'm Marjorie Margolis asking for your vote. And that's why I approve this message. To most people, it probably looked like any other SEPTA station. And each day, hundreds of commuters would hurry past the man sweeping on the platform on their way to work. But to my brother and I, my father's laugh and giant personality made him bigger than life. Our mom was a school crossing guard, and we didn't have much growing up, but my parents worked their hearts out. They convinced us that studying hard would create opportunities that they never had. Dad came to America from Ireland when he was 19, looking for a better life. So when I told him I'd earned a scholarship to go to Notre Dame, 
It was probably one of the happiest days of his life. If you don't have money in US politics, then you need a great backstory. And in Brendan's father, that's exactly what he has. It played a huge role in the fight for the nomination. You know, you think, uh, who's here's a guy who, who has a compelling personal background, right? Um, his father, and I would be remiss not mentioning his father because he used his father's background as, you know, uh, he was an immigrant from Ireland. He worked as, uh, he works at a public uh, transportation, the bus company, right? Um, as a janitor, he's, you know, pushes a broom. Um, and and so he's one of us, you know, as, as working class people. He's not, he doesn't come from a, uh, a wealthy background. He doesn't come from the, uh, the, he's not one of the Clintons. He's not, he's sort of like an outsider. So that's, that's what he sold. So that, that, that kind of background, it's, who does that evoke, you know, images of when you think about that? You know, um, I'm not going to say it. But even with the great immigrant story behind him, political consultants were telling Kevin Boyle that his brother Brendan was wasting his time. We were actually working with a, a DC consultant and um, a group of them, and they 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 talked to me, um, and they said, well, "Are you sure that Brendan wants to, to go through with this?" Um, you know, the, the guy said to me, "It was like there's a 98, 99% chance that uh, Margolis is going to win this. Her polling is amazing. She's going to raise millions of dollars. She has the Clintons at her back, um, and we felt confident. We felt as though there was a flaw." Um, in the poll, which more or less uh, a well-known incumbent always polls very well at the beginning of a race because they're the only person that's really been vetted and is certainly the most well-known throughout the district. Um, but we, we labored on and we ran the same sort of campaign that we had run for state house, but for Congress. And that was uh, scoffed at by some uh, people. Uh, I was afraid. I, I just had a feeling, you know, I had a feeling he did have a hope, yeah. But uh, I thought that, you know, that was going to be hard beating. Uh, and then law President Clinton, yeah. And uh, that's when I wanted to work and I asked to have my uh, time changed so I could go out every day and campaign for him. <laughs> he was down 32 points when he started, you know, and uh, we had to do something, you know, to get it up <laughs> We couldn't look too bad, you know, you're losing too bad. Frank changing his shift to suit the campaign gave Brendan the ammunition he needed to take on the Clinton team during a TV debate. And I was just talking to my dad and he, he had mentioned how, you know, he typically, cause he's very effective on the doorstep, and um, he typically worked the afternoon and evening shift, but he had just switched his hours to 5.30 in the morning to 2 p.m., so that way he could be off every afternoon and evening to go campaign for me. And um, I was just, I'd gotten off the phone and I was thinking about that and thinking about the enormous sacrifice. And at the same time was thinking, you know, what should I say tonight in, in my remarks? Uh, you know, one of the, the candidates on stage has the, the benefit of having a, a famous relative uh, that will be coming campaign for them. I actually want to tell you about a relative of another candidate. This man is a janitor for SEPTA. He has been for the last 15 years. For the 25 years before that, he worked at a warehouse in South Philadelphia. Now, he's not famous. You're not going to read about him in the newspaper. But his struggle and the struggle of millions like him is what has made this country great 
and built us to what we are today. This race is not about Bill Clinton. It's about Frank Boyle. And it's about the millions of others like him that need a champion in Washington, D.C. Decided to talk about that, and I contrasted that to the fact that my opponent was having Bill Clinton come in the next day. And I said, you know, this race is really a lot more about Frank Boyle and, and folks like him in this district than the Bill Clintons of the world. And that really resonated. Um, so many people recited that back to me. People of different races, all walks of life. We did a poll in early March that had Brendan down by a percentage point. And at that point, we, uh, we felt pretty good about things. And then we made an important decision. We did a, a, so we did a poll in early March, two and a half months out, where you know her lead had gone from 32 to one. Um, most campaigns would have loudly announced that in the media to try to up their fundraising. We intentionally didn't. We uh, didn't talk about it because we wanted to keep the element of surprise at, at our back. And I, from what I've heard in, in the rumor mill since the election, it seems like the Margolis campaign didn't realize that uh, we had caught them until about two weeks out. Former Democratic Congresswoman Marjorie Margolis missed her chance at a congressional comeback on Tuesday when she was defeated in a four-way primary for a suburban Philadelphia U.S. House seat. Margolis, who is Chelsea Clinton's mother-in-law, lost to state rep Brendan Boyle. Former President Bill Clinton also cut an ad for her in the home stretch. Political hacks will tell you that Bill Clinton doesn't waste time mentoring young politicians unless he feels they're really going somewhere. A week after the primary race, Brendan got an unexpected phone call. Bill Clinton rang you after? He did, yeah. I, I, about a week and a half afterwards, very gracious. Uh, called me, spoke for almost a half hour, and um, he clearly was following the campaign very closely and was very complimentary. And what did he say about how you've told that story of your dad? I did, so, and that got that ended up getting picked up by the New York Times article that, about our, uh, our race, and he, he was the first to bring that up. He said, I love that line about your dad. I even said to Hillary, that was great. Um, so I, I took that as high praise. The reality of politics is, if, if people identify a candidate who they think has the potential to do big things in the future, certainly you want to get in on the ground floor. You want to be a supporter. And I think this is why a lot of people gravitate toward him as well. You know, frankly, uh, if you see a guy who's 37 years old, you know, he's won, uh, you know, three elections state house, and now he's just beat the Clinton machine, if you will, you know, the future is his, you know, for the taking. So I think that compels people to want to say, well, I, I want to support this guy because that's how politics works. You know, everybody wants to, to, to hitch to a winner, you know. Having won the Democratic nomination, the next step for Brendan was the race for Congress and the chance to move from Philadelphia to Capitol Hill. Election day was set for the 4th of November. Back in Donegal, Brendan's relatives keep a close eye on his career. A month before election day, I met up with Tina Brogan, Brendan's aunt, Frank or Francie's sister. She lives with her husband Danny in Mount Charles, about 20 miles from the home place in Glen Cullum Kill. There was a picture of Francie at her wedding, we were at in America, somebody's wedding recently. 
There's the one with them and the Sam McGuire and Kevin and Brendan. Oh, very good. And the Aaron Swanners. And father and mother, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the most of our family were out there, apart from two brothers that didn't go, but all the rest went. Spent a few years there. And the oldest one went was Breach. So she took the next one out and then she took somebody else out and it went on down the line. So Francie went in 1970. He loved it when we went out there. He, he wanted to go to England. He had his friend, some friends in England. So he, he came home then, he went to England. But uh, he didn't like England. So we went back to America. Then he met Eileen then. And they got married a year later. And then they had the two kids. And tell me about the politics. It must come from somewhere. Uh, they always talked about, you know, years ago, they always talked about the politics in the house and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Read about it and all that. So. so an interest. He would have picked that up from... Francie would have probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Francie's very comical and he loves to tell jokes and all that. He's that type of person. He would just enjoy being out with him, you know. Does it surprise you that Brendan is kind of is doing this? No, one? I'm not a bit surprised. No, you know, and he's such a nice fella, and Kevin. Both of them are lovely fellas. They're different but lovely. You know, the two. Politics isn't a very nice game, though. No, it's not. But uh, uh, they're, I don't know. They're nice boys, and I think they'll get on. You know, they are getting on. You know. Huh? Did you say that the house is still... The house is still there. That's where they stay when they come home. And even that comes home, they always like to go home and stay there, you know. And who's in it? There's nobody in it now. It's just for them coming. Mm. Do you think we could go up? Yeah, to Glencoe Kill. Mm-hmm. No, Danny will drive. Sure, he can drive. He doesn't mind. Am I talking? Now you're in Glencoe. There you are now. What's that say? Boyle for Congress. <laughs> Hey, Democratic Boyle, Democrat for Congress. Big sign. Yeah. The Wild Atlantic, on the Wild Atlantic Way. Yeah. Very good. My dear spot for. Did you know that was there? Ah, I just heard. Oh, yes. Just seen it on the Facebook. We've seen it on Facebook, we didn't see it, like, you know, the last day we were down wasn't there. It wasn't there. Oh, so they know what's going on anyway. Yeah. The old homestead. Mm. That's a wedding picture there, Francie and Eileen and all the crew. So that's Brendan's dad and mum? Yes, when they got married. And Brendan stayed Brendan here? Brendan and Kevin stayed here the night before they got married. And they were here different times before. But the night before they got married, the whole family of them stayed here Eileen and Francie and Kevin and Brendan. It's the whole crew? Yeah, they all stayed here. Yeah, you can see the sea from up here. The door, I'd be afraid something would come the cat and then we'd lock it in or something. It would be a cat or anything. Yeah. See, that's the football field down there. Before I left, Tina asked me to check the cost yeah, of flights to the Danny. States to see if herself and Danny might head over for election day. Sure, on 497 to go the following day. Oh, well, that'd be better. 497. 497. 497. If you go on the. The 2nd of. Uh, the second and come back on the 14th. On the 14th. But yeah, the prices are good. Around yeah. That's 12 days. 12 days. <laughs> we might talk about to go, wouldn't you? And she might as well. 
Back in Philadelphia and two days before the election, the polls were showing that Brendan was well ahead. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. There's always, the, the 48 hours before is always a time of anxiety and excitement and, and nerves. It's also a time when, you know, to be frank, any normal person says, okay, why did I decide to do this again? Why am I uh, putting my family through this? Um, but it all ends up being being worth it in the end. Every indication we have is that, that things are going our way and, and running fairly smoothly. Um, so I feel, feel, feel pretty good about it. The Boyle campaign barely needed the helping hand, but still it was good to hear that Philadelphia would be one of President Obama's rare stops on the campaign trail. He was in town that night. Yeah, I was thinking your dad going off to work today and you're going off to meet Obama. <laughs> it, is, it is funny, yeah. And I'd asked, uh, because I had an extra ticket, I asked my dad if, if he wanted to go. And he said, well, I, you know, I don't have enough time to put in uh, for work to let them know I'm going to take off. So, you know, he's there hard at work um, today. Actually, he won't, where he works, the Broad Street line, um, we will be at Temple University, which is on Broad Street. So um, at the moment I meet Obama, actually, my dad won't be, be very far away. But he couldn't get the day off? No, he saved it up for Election Day and for the day after Election Day. So, um, so decided to, to stick with those days. Hi. I'm here with Representative Boyle. He's a VIP. He needs to go to... They told us to drop him off there. Okay. Um, you can drop him off. You can't go down there. In your car. Oh, okay. On a, uh, well, I suppose you haven't had many occasions like this, but do you get to actually talk politics at all to the president on a night like tonight, then? You know, I'm not sure. I, <laughs> when I've, the, the, few, the few times I, I've been in the same place with him, um, actually, each time I was in the White House, uh, once was uh, for a, an event he was doing with about 50 or so young elected officials, of, of which I was one, and he spoke to us. Um, and then a couple of times at the St. Patrick's Day events at the White House. Uh, so in something like this, where I'm going to be one of the few people backstage, I suppose that you know, would have the opportunity to, to talk politics with him. There is no one in the world who understands the power of fairness. There is no one else in the world who understands the power of the vote than the President of the United States of America. dream is the first in his family to go to college. I did, all three of them, they're young, they're sharp, they're hardworking, they're ready to fight for you if you send them to Washington. Make sure to vote for them. How did it go? Uh, yeah, it went well. Yeah, you know, I, we were um, backstage for, for quite a while and it's probably a group of about um, 15 or 20 of us. And um, it was funny when I talked to the president. Uh, he he said, "Oh, so what do you do now?" And I said, "I'm a state legislator." And uh, then we both joked that for a couple of state legislators, we at least made out all right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, was yeah very gracious. And, That's awesome. and he had a nice line about you. Yeah. 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 yeah very, well, you know the one difficult. I'll be interested in. It's because of the cheering. When you're in the it's so hard to hear. Oh. Um, so, but yeah, I thought he obviously did a great job, and it's great to be uh, great to be mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's very nice too, you know. And I mean, the fact that it's so close to the election, yeah, that we're uh, this close. So, uh, yeah.
So how are you feeling about tomorrow now? Are you nervous? Not anymore. I used to be nervous in the beginning. And uh, now, um, now it sort of doesn't bother me, you know. Yeah. Once in a while you might meet somebody that, you know, might be hard on you, you know, when you campaign and they might be from the other party or something. But um, I just know when to step away, you know. So it's, it's pretty good. I'll be on the polls telling the people to vote, you know, vote Brandon. <laughs> so it's the way. Oh, that's the goodies for tomorrow, the, the cards you hand out. Morning. How are the nerves? Oh, okay. All right. It's gonna be a good day. Eleven hours. <laughs> Did you sleep? Three hours. So. Were you in the office? Yeah. Yeah, I was in the office doing all the necessary legwork for today. But I have a little folder for you. Let's remember Brenda Boyle for Congress. You'll take care of Northeast Philadelphia. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good, yeah. It's a beautiful day. Um, you know, you always worry a little bit about the weather on election day and how that might affect things, but we got a bright blue sky, beautiful day, and everything seems to be going well. So it is funny, too. Election day, it's the big day, and then for the whole day, you really don't hear anything. And you'll call around and ask people what they're seeing, what they're hearing, but it's all completely anecdotal until the until the polls close. So. Hey, Dad. How are you? How you doing? Hey. Hi, uh, how are you? How's everything going today? All right. Oh, doing good. Yeah, very good. Great yeah, turnout. Hey, hey, Great turnout here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah. Right. Very high turnout. This is the area where Brenda grew up in right. D.C. And very, uh, they got them, at the primary, they got more votes than any other district, you know. And, yeah. So this is really home for him? This is home for him, yeah. Okay. What time did you get here at this morning? Seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock. I've been on the go since. All right, Brendan played in the baseball team around here, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he was his coach. This yeah. man here? Yeah, yeah. You were the coach? But one of the coaches. One of them. Was he any good? <laughs> That's why he's running for politics. <laughs> <laughs> he knew his right calling. <laughs> Thank you for voting. Sorry, boy, you, you, you got this hands down. <laughs> Thank you. So now we're um, in uh, the Olney neighborhood of Philadelphia. Uh, I actually grew up right around here. Uh, this polling location is where I went to kindergarten um, and uh, grew up a few blocks away. And um, my mom was the crossing guard. I think they call them lollipop, lollipop ladies in, in Ireland. Um, the, literally the block up. Um, so I remember being brought here my first day of school. So. Yeah. And so yeah. how long did she do that job for? She, for a long time. 26 for, years. Yeah, yeah, 26 years. Yeah. In terms of demographics, uh, um, Rohome, neighborhood of Philadelphia, um, working class area, um, today largely African American. Uh, when I, the time I was growing up was more racially integrated um, and was my uh, biggest area of support in the primary I uh, got uh, over 81% of the vote in this ward. Are you coming to vote? Oh, no, I just came in to say hello. You can't. So. You're not allowed. Oh, okay. 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 All right, well, hello and goodbye. Bye. Sorry, Bye. another polling location yeah. to ours as long as there's no, no you're not allowed vote for oh, it. Okay. okay, all right. Thank you. Take care. Take care. All right, bye. Well, can you, um, can, can you just call and find out what the Montgomery County, yeah. Hey, all right, all right. Find out what the, um, 
the standard is because it seems like every polling looks like says their own different yeah. and different rule. Sure. Okay, thank you. Hey, Brendan, can I get a picture with you? Oh, sure. Hi, sure. Hello there. Maybe <laughs> just welcome to the Hello. How, how are you? How are you doing? So you came over? Ah, we came over. Yeah. Ah, good on just, you. Just just. We finally yeah. got the correct uh, um, uh, So when did you get? Just yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Ah, good on we you. Made up our mind then. We well done. You look great. <laughs> oh, don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. No, so yeah. You're surprising him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> we hope he didn't hear. We were afraid my other sister Annie, she, this one here, and she can't keep nothing. She couldn't keep her what? So we hope she kept it. And speaking uh, of which, have you some line into the, the, the results? Uh, the numbers look uh, very good now for him, and uh, it's all but uh, I think uh, it's all but over for but the other gentleman to come out, Mr. Adcock, to uh, concede. And what time and, are we now? Have you and the that time should on you? Uh, that should be happening. Uh, hopefully. We got 9.02, I'd say by 9.30, quarter 10, this will be called. And Brendan will be uh, a, a congressman-elect of the United States Congress. Do you have the result? 68% to 32%. That's official. Official victory, yes. Congressman-elect from Northeast Philadelphia and Montgomery County, Brendan Boyle. I feel great. It's exciting. It's hard to believe that it's over, um, but I, I'm very happy and very grateful. And also um, a bit surprised by the, the size of the margin. Um, it looks like we won by a, a very significant amount. So uh, it'll probably take a couple weeks for this to sink in too, although new member orientation apparently is six days away, so so maybe it won't take as long as... You'll, you'll be leaving Kevin now, I mean you won't have yeah, him at your back, which... And that's something, well, I mean, we'll, you know, still brothers obviously and still working closely together, but won't be in the same work site, um, and that will be disappointing, I miss that, it's something I hadn't really thought about until the last few weeks and um, that'll definitely be the uh, the saddest part even though this is a very happy thing that'll be the, the saddest part you have to pinch yourself in the morning when you wake up yeah yeah but it's just very happy and it's great to see you know my dad so happy and, and so much my family and you mentioned your mom tonight if she were here right now she would be overjoyed and still saying now are you sure it was absolutely called again uh, so In the days after the election and with a seat in Congress in the bag, Brendan headed for Washington. Frank went back to his job with the bus company. Danny and Tina travelled back home to Donegal, but they may well be making the trip again for another victory party. This was a huge win for Brendan Boyle, and already he's been talked about as the next big thing in Irish-American politics. Obviously, the ambition has been there since you were six, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, you don't turn that off. That's not like a tap. So what are your ambitions? You know, I don't know. I, my philosophy was when I first ran for the state legislature and, and lost, my philosophy was, you know, just work hard and opportunities you don't expect will arise. A little over two years ago, I did not think I would be running for this congressional seat. So I'm not in any rush. At the same time, you know, doors open to whatever the, the future may bring. Any plans, or will there be plans to come to Ireland now as a very posh <laughs> congressman rather than just the person? Well, I, I, I've, I don't know about coming as posh, but 
Um, I, I know I have a cousin's wedding um, in the summer of 2016 that'll be back. Um, I wanted to be there for, for some of the 1916 celebrations anyway. Um, but I'm probably going to try to squeeze in a family trip next year as well. Um, I have a lot of relatives and friends who, who want to see me, and it's been a few years since I've been back. Um, so that's something I, I very much look forward to. It would be nice to go there as a congressman, though, uh, wouldn't it? Not bad. I, I you know, I, um, people are always very welcoming uh, to me anyway, but um, I, I imagine that being a congressman uh, is not a bad way to, to go over there. So I, I look forward to it.